Life, Life according, according to, to Nona. Let's vibe. <laughs> My name is Demon Selema Fosso, a 28-year-old woman from Spofaneni. I am an average woman in every sense of the word. Average looks, average body, and an average voice. There isn't anything extraordinary about me. Well, excluding my choice in men. I have somehow managed to make picking the wrong men something of a specialty. I'm not saying that the problem is the man, but there really has been some dubious characters like Sipo. I'm not saying he was a hoe, but he sure was a generous spirit of a man, but somehow the generosity never seemed to make its way to me. I work at a bank in the capital city of Eswatini. I'm not telling you this because it's a gratified achievement for me, but to give you context of the variation of men I get the chance to meet on a regular basis. I still picked Sipo, an upcoming rapper at the spring chicken age of 34. I also picked Menzi, the guy I'm currently seeing. I should probably not use the word seeing because that is technically untrue. I never get to see Menzi because he's always the busiest man in a Sardini. I'm not sure whether I can blame it on his businesses or the fact that he has a wife and kids, but that's just a glitch in our love story. Now, I know you are judging me and shaking your head. You have also probably concluded that it isn't the man but me that is the issue. It is not that simple. I know you've probably heard that before and are fighting the urge to roll your eyes to the crack of your ass, but I promise it is more nuanced than that. See, I met Menzi on a girl's day out to a popular Shisanyama in Azurini. It was a hot Saturday and I was surrounded by beautiful women, but he smiled at me and I felt like I was the only woman he was seeing. He came over to our table and asked to speak to me on the side. I awkwardly shuffled my body to the side of the grass, trying to still calm as my beating vagina couldn't be silent. Menzi is a beautiful, dark-skinned, bald-headed, and tall sculpture of a man. He was already halfway through his sentence when I caught myself imagining how my legs would look around his neck. Needless to say, he got my number without much exertion or time. This is the sole reason why I missed the ring on his finger and let it slap me by surprise when he came to pick me up in my house three days later. I thought you knew I was married that day. He gave his defense and honestly, had I paid attention, maybe I would have. I wasn't looking, Manzi. Why would I be searching for a ring on the finger of a man who intentionally came to ask me out? I rebutted somewhat wobbly. The truth is, even if I saw the ring, I wouldn't have let it deter me. That is the honest, ugly truth that I sometimes let myself accept when I am strong enough. Now, it's about to get really stupid, so I give you permission to judge me from this point on. Hi, this is Nono. Welcome to yet another episode of the According to Nono podcast, season three, episode five. This is Nosilene Lengambule, the pride and joy of Mandombi Joyce Ngambule and Mpigelele Abraham Gambule, straight from Spofaneni, of city, the city that never sleeps. Now, let's talk. I am aware 
that our last episode um, was a little bit on the festive side, but it really was awesome to have the different perspectives on the table and to kind of have a right of reply. Now, I pay attention to feedback and I pay attention to the demographics and my analytics in general. Uh, I'm going to address the analytics first and say that um, welcome to the male uh, listenership that grew over the past two episodes. Um, I, I didn't exclude men um, intentionally, uh, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> I did not exclude men intentionally. Um, it just happened that um, a lot of the guests and the conversations we were having, um, the people that I knew held maybe a, a different um, perspective from mine and were also brave enough and courageous enough to come on and share um, how different their perspective is and why their perspective is different so we can learn from each other, which is the entire point of the podcast. Just so happened to be women. I did have a guy um, on the very first season, so it is on there. And we were talking in terms of men's pain and the pain of men was discussed in full. And he did, an, he did a fantastic job. Thank you, Banele Ngambule. He's an activist, um, has been on the field, truly has worked with men, um, has worked in the MSM key population spaces. So he truly is someone who's able to explain um, the hardships and challenges that men um, of all really, truly backgrounds and um statuses may feel but also be willing to be open and listening and also just being aware that a lot of the issues that men face um, are mirrors of the issues that women face and it is not going to get any better unless we are all willing to come together and work towards a place where nobody is feeling the pressure to be a certain way so that they can fit into the box of either being a good woman or a good man. Um, but yeah, you can still listen to that conversation. It's available. I think it should be episode four of season one. But um, I know that a lot of guys felt like um, the guy was cornered. <laughs> um, some guys felt like um, maybe he he didn't... Um, he was he wasn't given room or wasn't or was a little bit too intimidated to kind of share uh, their point. I would like to just correct that and say that um Nelson is truly 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 an amazing guy. He just so happens to be a very dope kick ass was the guy and the perspectives and the answers and the thoughts and feedback and responses that he had on the podcast are who he truly is in real life as well. He just so happens to be an amazing guy. And he wasn't going to carry the flag for other types of men. Uh, but I personally feel like he did a good job in, in terms of being able to say, this is who I am and this is who men can be in general. And so I understand that maybe he may not have had the... Uh, aggressiveness um, that a lot of guys feel like was necessary to be able to defend themselves and have a right of reply. I can only respect somebody feeling that they want to um, take up for themselves or for their um, fellow men. I think that is honorable, uh, but this is not what this platform is. Uh, it's not a debate platform. Uh, we are trying to civilly and um, kindly uh, and respectfully more than anything, share uh, the different perspectives that we had so we can learn from each other. 
But um, so that was just a recap on that episode. Uh, and thank you so much for for all of my guests. I mean, it, it truly is always humbling to me when people come on here and are very open uh, with the things that they know people are going to judge them harshly for. People are going to laugh at them humiliate them or uh, mock them for uh, because it's always so easy here to point the finger and be like ah I would have never been that stupid to believe that or I would have never done something that silly but we really truly never know until we're in it which is the theme for my second book shameless blood <laughs> but um yeah that's the whole concept of Demancele, which I would like to discuss um for a little bit um, I know that I didn't say what this episode was, but uh, it truly is just a recap of a couple of things and then an update and my lesson for the week, which I learned the very painful, 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 painful way. But Demansele. So Demansele Making the Team, which is my second novel and is available on Amazon Kindle Read. Uh, and I know I can already hear the questions about it being available in hard copy. Emaswati Ayashlupa. But I am working on that due to personal reasons um, and to just pretty much COVID uh, that hasn't been running as um, efficiently and as quickly and as painless as I may have wished that it would. But um, it's life. But the book is available on Amazon and I would really love for you guys to get it on Amazon. Uh, it's Demansele Making the Team, a gorgeous, beautiful cover that Ndutugo did his magic on again. So... I know that I can't give away much um, about the book, but I truly did enjoy creating and curating that story. And Demansela as a woman is truly the only character in my entire writing career, poetry included, that I was very intentional in ensuring she's created from a place of gentleness and compassion. I mean, the grace that went into birthing Demansele was immense. And I truly surprised myself because I don't think I was I was aware that I'm, I, I had that level of empathy and, and, and compassion and grace to give in that way. And she's very close to my heart. And a couple of people have read the book that I've had conversations with. And um, I know that it is the romantic thing and the grown-up thing to say that, oh, I just create these characters, how people feel about them. It's just their own thing. But I... It really, I've yet to speak, to speak to anyone who at just first glance or at first read um, likes Demansele as a character. Not in terms of entertainment, but as a person. And that hurts my feelings every time that I hear it. Because of the, just like I said, I was very intentional in ensuring that I'm, I'm curating a character that was humanly flawed. I mean, she is not the best person. She's not the best daughter. She's not the best friend, for sure. Read the book, you'll know. She's not the best employee. Um, she's not the best colleague. She's not the best woman. She's not the best girlfriend, but she's human. And I think a part of me is just struggling with people being able to tap into the fact that she's human. And somehow how we dehumanize people based off of their mistakes. We dehumanize people based off um, them giving in to very humane um, temptations or traps or needs. And it's shocking to me that we dehumanize people when they do things that we have done ourselves. And that just leads me to believe that, well, then what are we saying about ourselves then? You know, because I was talking to one person who read the book as well, and she was also just talking about how 
Demanzele. Oh, she's stupid. Oh, she's silly. Oh, you know, she's too romantic. Or, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't have fallen for that. Oh, I wouldn't have sacrificed that. Oh, I wouldn't have, you know. And I'm like, okay, those things are justified. I mean, I wrote the book. I, I put those things there on papers. Uh, so I get it. But let me just ask you a question. Have you ever uh, put the person you're in a relationship with above your friends? Yes. Um, have you ever lied to your friends to make sure that you protect the dignity or the reputation of the person you're with? Yes. Okay. Um, have you ever fallen for someone who was already claimed by somebody else? Yes. Okay. Uh, have you ever intentionally ignored a parent because you just were not ready to deal with the kind of uh, vulnerability that our parents make us feel sometimes. And, you know, you feel like you've done things that are going to disappoint them. So you are trying to run away from that. Yes. Okay. So if you have done a couple of the things that she has done in the book and you think she is, you loathe her, you can't stand her because of the things that she's done in the book, but you've done the same things as well in real life. Uh, admittedly, not to the same scale, but it's like, You've done these things yourself. So does that mean you do not like yourself? And I, that for me, that's the thing. I would really, that, and, and that was a question that I was hoping, I wasn't intentional in terms of getting that kind of uh, feedback from people, but as it, it continues, it's a question that's mushrooming. And I think it's beautiful because I get to have this very um, honest conversations with people. Like if, if you've done one or two or three or, all of the things that Demanzele has done in the book and you don't like her because of the things she's done in the book. Are you telling me that you do not like yourself? And I don't know what it is about us that, and most people don't even look at it that way. Or some people feel like, well, I had, I had a better excuse to do those things. I had less choices than Demanzele had or um, I didn't do it to the same level that she did. And it's like, uh, does that even count? You know what I mean? And it's always just very interesting. And I'm, And this is not like me subbing anybody who's read the book. Um, but it's that's a question I also had to answer myself because I think I've read the book about 10 times, um, which I know is like weird, but uh, I truly do enjoy the story. And every day I'm reading something new that I put in there. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was them. And I also felt the same in the beginning when I read it back for the first time. I'm like, damn, she really is a lot. Um, she does a lot for love uh, and she's willing to go to lengths that I never knew um, that were possible uh, or that I could have imagined them being possible. But I felt the feelings, even if you haven't done the act, but you felt the feelings that she's felt in the book. And I was like, I need to have compassion and grace for this girl because if I don't have compassion and grace for them instead of the character, then I'm not going to have compassion and grace for myself. And I'm not going to be able to have compassion and grace for my friends. I'm not going to be able to have compassion and grace for my fellow women who have been through that or are going through that or, or are feeling the same feelings that she's feeling. And nobody should be dehumanized for doing things that are absolutely perfectly human. Um, human beings are flawed. We feel things for people that we should never, ever, ever, ever feel. We do things to people that we know we, we probably in in a logical world shouldn't be doing. But there's just something to you that draws you to those things. And the harder you fight, the more miserable you are. And it's like, but what's the point? You know, so I, I and I had a, a conversation with another um, 
reader who I was using for the sample. And she truly, truly was low-key offended <laughs> at the character as a concept because just her idea of love is very different from um, Demoncelli's idea of love. And she believes in a more healthy, um, moral, ethical, <laughs> dignified <laughs> love with integrity. And Demoncelli is a, I'm a fight dirty because I need the person that loves to be with me. And she just could not understand the concept. And I, and it was funny for me because in the beginning I thought she was choking because I felt like, surely this is how most people's experience of love is like. And then I'm like, oh, damn. Like, for some people, it really, truly is a very, like, narrow, black and white, clean, crispy, straight-to-the-point um, situation. And I would like to go on the record and say for me that it has not. Um, I'm human, and I'm flawed. And I am strongly passionate, and it gets foggy. It's hardly ever clear. <laughs> and... I have compassion and grace for that for myself. You know what I mean? And I don't think dehumanizing or making people feel like trash for being human helps anybody get any better at being a human being. So please get the book um, and read it. And if you have read it, trust me, I never get tired of having conversations about the book with anyone. Literally never. Uh, so if I don't know if you're on Twitter, wherever you are, hit me up. Let's talk about it. Let's really talk about it. Even if it's a five-minute conversation, I'm truly intrigued. And I'm learning quite a lot about women uh, from the responses and feedback that I'm getting for Demoncelle, that how, just how different we are, but also how like frighteningly alike we can be. <laughs> it's all really bizarre. But um, yeah, so I, that's the lesson that I want to give to everybody today. It's a lesson from me and Demoncelle, and that is compassion and kindness. For others so that when we need compassion and kindness from others we can get it there's a reserve we can tap to because you only get what you give in this world that's just how the universe works um and it's okay to fuck up it's okay to mess up um it is okay to do something that the bible says is wrong the society says it's wrong and the the, the, the legal or whatever it is says it's wrong but um i don't mean harming anyone please Please, please do not commit crimes on my name. But um, it's okay to feel a certain way. It's okay to want to fight dirty for what is yours. Um, it's okay to feel like I am not a, I'm not as good a person as I thought I was. But guess what? I am still a person. And that doesn't take away from the compassion and grace and understanding that I deserve. And as long as I'm willing to give that understanding and compassion and grace to others, it will be afforded back to me. So if there's anybody that you've judged harshly for anything, anything, male, woman, non-gender confirming, doesn't matter. If you are able to have a conversation with that person and be like, yo, listen, ma, ma, I didn't know the world was this wild back then. Or... I judge you harshly because I too felt the same way that you felt or I've done the same things and I didn't understand how I'm going to be kind and compassionate to you when I whip myself privately for the same thing every single day. You know, it's it, a burden is less heavy when it is um, told in the open. I just created remix my own saying there. Like, surely when, when, a to when a story is told in, in compassion and, and in a safe space, it is way less heavy 
uh, to carry with you around. So it's okay to go back and be like, yo, ma, I judged you. I judged you for dating that guy. I judged you for falling for that woman. I judge you for fighting for your men on the street. I judge, girl, I judged you. I was judged. Judy all happened through you. But I did that because I also wanted to do those things. And I felt like if I wasn't going to be kind to myself for wanting to do the same things, I surely could not afford to be kind to you too. Because if I validate what you have done, that means I have to validate what I have done. Or then I have to explain to myself, well, what is so different about me that everybody else gets grace for the same crimes that I committed, but I get to whip myself up every day in private, like being kinder to other people than I am to myself is no. If you are able to have those conversations, have them. Even if it's with yourself, look into the mirror and be like, yo, ma, like I, three years ago, I was on some bullshit. You were trying your very level best to let go of that man to get out of that relationship, to leave that woman alone, to leave that job alone, to rethink the abortion or to whatever it could have been. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not giving you the compassion and the grace that you deserved. I'm sorry for not giving myself the compassion and the grace that I deserved because life is hard and it has no manual and people are ever evolving and it's okay to mess up. It truly is. But what isn't okay, what is not acceptable at all, is for you to beat yourself up every single day when the world, when life is willing to do that to you for free. Come on. I need you to love yourself harder than that. Because if you love yourself, you're going to learn to love me eventually. This has been Nono. Thank you so much for kicking in with me for this 20 minutes. I hope, if anything, I've let you know you are worth every single piece of grace that this world has to offer. I love you. <laughs>